Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know, they've wanted to control our kids for the longest time. It's not just back in 2017, Melissa harris Perry. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours. But now, they've just pressed go on this thing completely. The Todd Herman Show is 100% disapproved by big pharma, technocrats, and tyrants everywhere. Now, from the high mountains of free America, here's the Emerald City Exile, Todd Herman. Today is the day the Lord has made, and these are the times through which God has decided we shall live. That um, annoying voice was one Melissa Harris Perry, our friends at Legal Insurrection, notified everybody on their massive blog that this is getting circulated again. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. So let's reverse that because what the the truth is, is that the government schools belong to communities and kids attend them. And the government schools are paid for by the parents and kids attend them. But this is just one other instance where the desires of the party, that is pharma, media, tech, academia, and the deep state, line up with the desires of the enemy. That is to break up the family units and to have the party become the parent. And this is becoming ever more clear uh, in these days. I mean, let me just give an example of this. And, and incidentally, I, I, I shouldn't have to, but I will. Well, I shouldn't say that because people are at different stages of their faith. The Bible is so utterly clear about raising children and that this is a stewardship example. You know, uh, you can go, I could go through nearly every book in the Bible and there's a quote about parenting. Ephesians 6, 4, fathers do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. There's you know, honor your mother and father, your father and your mother, so you may live long in the land of the Lord your God is giving you. No discipline. This is Hebrews 12, 11. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and a place for those who've been trained by it. It just continues that the, the Bible is very clear about God inventing the family unit starting with it, and then God's on this ever and never-ending quest to restore his family. So it's, it's fascinating, again, that in a side-by-side comparison, these things line up, the party and the enemy. And what they're doing in crashing the gates between parents and kids is ever more obvious. And they can't, they can't stop because they can taste victory. At the same time as God is is tearing down their you know their their circus walls or circus tent, and we're looking in and seeing the circus. Thank you, the Lord, so we can watch the circus of this. At the same time, that's going on. They can taste in their greedy little jaws the fact that they're almost they almost got it all. Christopher Rufo, you probably know him if you're from the Seattle separate area of Seattle, separate country of Seattle. You certainly know Christopher Rufo. The left made an insanely bad mistake with this guy. So the background on Chris Rufo, Christopher Rufo, is he's a filmmaker. He's an academic, very smart guy. He was running for city council in Seattle. So the the party, the left side of the party, decided to attack Rufo's wife. So they're they're what, what the left would call a mixed race couple, or the party would call a mixed race couple. And they started to go after his wife 
because he ran for city council and his platform was, hey, let's enforce laws and let's get people treatment rather than destroying drug addicts on the street. In other words, let's not allow the party to succeed in destroying Seattle. And for that offense, they started going after his wife's job. So he dropped out of the race and now he is a wrecking ball. He's the reason that, um, that President Trump grew to understand what critical race theory is. And Rufo made this prediction on Fox, or not, on Twitter, Jack Dorsey's hate machine. Um, he said, he was talking about what the left is going to do. The left will expect that after passing so-called CRT bans last year, we will overplay our hand. By moving to curriculum transparency, we deflate that argument and bait the left into opposing transparency, which will raise the question, what are they trying to hide? Boom, right on cue. Here's the ACLU. Curriculum transparency bills are just thinly veiled attempts at chilling teachers and students from learning and talking about race and gender in the schools. <laughs> he called this. And it's so obvious. They do not want parental involvement in the schools. They do not want parents having anything to say about their kids. Because, again, the Melissa Harris Perrys and the Hillary Clintons, they don't consider you the parents. They consider you the biological sperm and egg donor. Well, or I should say penis haver and, and, and vulva haver. And, and sperm, yes, I don't even get it. Let's do a contrast and compare on this. Okay, let's do a contrast and compare on, on their desire to own our kids Versus their desire to, let's say, control our borders. Let's just just side by side. This is the uh, the so-called DHS secretary for the people who run Biden. And he has a new announcement. There are no federal immigration laws in the United States of America. Unlawful presence in the United States will alone not be a basis for an immigration enforcement action. Got it. So everybody else can bring their kids if they get across the border, they're here to stay. They're going to be given free this, free that on the taxpayer back. They're in the, in the <laughs> they're going to be allowed to vote. <laughs> they're going to be able to vote in city elections in New York. And that, certainly that doesn't affect anything. It's not like cities get federal money. It's not like by virtue of voting in city elections, you're paving the way for everybody to be able to vote in the United States elections. It's not like when you don't have a border, you don't have a country, except that all those things are true. If you don't have a border, you don't have a country. If you don't have walls, you don't have a house. Just just newsflash. If you have no walls, you have no house. If you have no border, you have no country. If anybody can vote in your elections, then you don't have elections. <laughs> you, you have mad scrambles. And this is for other people's kids. Got that? You can be here as long as you want. Just come in and stay. That's for other people's kids. Let's do a contrast and compare. Because the party wants to own our kids. Contrast and compare. This is in New York City at the the, the Museum of Natural History. And this guy came at me. This is a dude on Twitter who came unglued who came at me about my response to this. This is a nine-year-old and a five-year-old. They've been arrested for refusing to wear a woke mask or to show their walking papers. Now, I should announce, by the way, because it's, it's evident to me, these kids are props. Their parents put them up as political props. I, I, I dislike that intensely. And I love the fact that the kids got a lesson in civics. And the lesson in civics is this, the, the Museum of Natural History are tyrants. They hate the family. They hate kids. They hate freedom. And I'm sorry to say this, but the cops, the cops who enforce this are not cops any longer. They, they have rendered themselves thugs. And there's a guy on Twitter, and apparently he says he's a former cop. He came at me at this and was really upset with me. And oh, it, he had a real original line, I'll tell you about, that um, it's, it's hardly anyone ever says. It's so, it's, it's just blatantly original. Oh, by the way, I understand him being upset. I do, but listen to this and see if you're upset. A nine-year-old and a five-year-old arrested, so they can't go into a museum without a woke mask, but the so-called DHS secretary for the people who run Joe Biden says you can come into the country without a woke mask, 
without an injection, and you can stay. You can fight as well. We stand with you. Forward, forward, forward. You got this. You got this. Back up, thank you. We, we, we don't you are traumatizing a little child. Yeah, no, we don't want No. Look at the child. I know a captain that works in the park. Look at the child. Look at the child. This is what we're doing with children. Where are you taking her? Where are they taking her? What kind of future do we want for our children? What kind of future do we want for our children? Just because she refused to show her papers of her experimental gene therapy. People get it. He's talking about experimental gene therapy. People get it. They absolutely get it. So we're contrasting and comparing, right? The people who run Joe Biden, you can bring your kid in. They can stay. They don't have to be injected. I was on Dr. Gina's show on um, uh, America's Real Voice this past week on Friday. And the gentleman before me is a doctor, COVID expert. And he mentioned the fact that the reason they won't shoot up the refugees and illegal immigrants, the reason they won't force them to get shot up, I don't know why. Because then Pfizer would have to pay when they get hurt, when they die, when the injections kill them and hurt them and scramble their brains. So you can't have Pfizer having to pay bills. That's why they won't shoot them up, according to this guy. I think that makes sense. Why expose the people who run the party? That's pharma. Pharma is one of the big bankers of the party. But the point here is that little kids in New York, they have to be strapped up in the face diapers to walk into a museum. They have to show their traveling papers. Kids entering the country illegally don't have to show any papers. Don't have to wear woke masks. Don't have to get the injections. Where there's a double standard, there's a hidden agenda. The party is flooding America with needy mouths and people who cannot exist without without being provided for right now. And hopefully they'll work around that. I mean, maybe they'll advance as human beings is what I'm saying and advance in their work and their careers. On the other hand, kids who are here legally are not allowed to live their lives. They're not allowed to have friends in, in, in person. They're not allowed still in lockdown states, still not allowed to have Face-to-face contact. Back in the separate country of Washington State, they're going back to distance learning. Even as the UK opens up completely and and Ireland is opening up, and even even Newsom, the dictator of California, has signaled that they're going to open up. They'll shut down after the election. This is a permanent state of affairs until people stop obeying. But it goes back to control over parents. Pardon me. It goes back to divorcing parents from their kids. So I posted this New York video. I said something about it that I said, these are not cops, they're thugs. The adults standing around and watching are cowards. And a guy wrote back on Twitter, his name is Kevin Murphy. And Kevin says he's an unapologetic um, conservative, uh, capital C, unapologetic conservative, cancer survivor, business owner, retired law enforcement professional, Kentucky colonel and grandfather. And so this gentleman writes back and he says to me, keyboard tough guy, and I said, am I? And he wrote back, no, nah, just a wannabe. And I said, got it. And this is what I wrote back. And maybe I could have been kinder. Got it, person I've never met, will never meet, who knows nothing about me, my life, history, activities, proclivities, battles, fights, tendencies, temperament. In brief, a sad bigot. I will pray for you, Kevin. He wrote back, pathetic. In the original post, you voiced the cops at the Met were thugs. No ignorant, I know ignorant people who like to be tough and uh, macho on the keyboard, but don't have a clue. Ask yourself, Sunshine, who pressed charges against those people? Blame the museum. No. I'll blame the museum all day long. But here's what I wrote, and this is what I stand by. Kevin, you'll never meet me. You know nothing about me. But But I see following orders. Like all cops, they're human. Like all humans, they have free will. Brave, moral humans ignore fear and protect kids. They arrested them. They're thugs, not cops. The parties effort to destroy the family and to be the parent goes it knows no bounds they are teaching kids you will do whatever you're told to do it doesn't need to make sense when the party says you do it you'll do it you don't get to question it you can you can even call out the fact that none of it works you can go to your school and say everybody knows the masks don't work it doesn't matter The party doesn't have to be right because the party can never be wrong. The party doesn't have to be compassionate because the party can never be hateful. 
Because the party is the party. The party is all. This is what they're showing kids in every possible capacity and what they're showing parents. What they're showing parents is you don't matter. You have no standing in your kids' lives. And if you go back to the Garden of Eden and you go back to the original family and you go back to Adam and Eve and you go back to the first politician, Satan, first thing he does is attack the family. He could have attacked them both. No, he went to the split. You don't think there was dissent between Adam and Eve? You don't think Adam went to Eve? Why did you give me that fruit from the tree of knowledge? Why did you? But she said, you didn't have to eat it. Well, I ate it because you ate it. Yeah, but you could have stopped me. How come you didn't stop me? The division began there. And it's been forevermore the desire of Satan to separate families. He tried it with Christ. He tried it with Jesus the Christ. He tried to separate Jesus from his father's will. In the temptation of the desert, throw yourself from the building and show that these angels will catch you. For it says, not a bone in your body will be broken. And Jesus refused. Also, don't tempt the Lord thy God. You're not going to beat Jesus at scripture, but it was an attempt once again to break up the family. And so we see it here. And and the examples abound. This is is just, this gets to the heart of my sin problem. Well, one of my sin problems, despite what Kev thinks on Twitter, I am not afraid of a physical confrontation. I'm, I'm not thinking I'm a tough guy, incidentally, but I'm not I'm not a fearing a physical confrontation. I don't want one. I'm an old man. I won't probably can't do much. But in the case of those kids being arrested, I would put my body between them and the cops. I would stand in front of the cop's door. I would say, I would try to draw a human chain together. I would try to get the adults adults together and say, surround their car. I'm not saying I would hit the cops, strike the cops, God forbid, shoot the cops. No, that's not in my heart. But you better believe I would intersperse my body in front of those kids to be arrested for a woke mask because I think I'm going to stop it. No, because I want the kids to see there are adults willing to protect you. There are adults who are going to stand with you against this nonsense and, and this, this abuse of you. But this piece here, this gets to the heart of where I am not yet. Uh, I haven't, I, I have intellectually taken the knee to the Lord. But as I watch this clip, the way this cold bureaucracy treats this father it, it brings up in me ungodly feelings and, and anger is not from the Lord and it brings up in me. And so I'm, I'm even getting ready to play it for you. I'm, I'm having this, I'm, look, I'm right now having a, 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 a biophysical reaction, a neurological physical reaction. So here's the setting. This comes from the blaze, by the way, this is a Virginia school board. The gentleman speaking is obviously has has come off of work. He's still wearing his reflective work jacket. This is clearly a hardworking man. He is asking a very simple question. What's the process for charging a kid with sexual assault in a school? Just that. What's what's the process? Where's the paperwork? Just show me the process and procedures. Very simple question. And of course, he's standing there at the podium. He has whatever they give him, 90 seconds. The very important school board, they're elevated above him. They're 50 yards from him. They're all wrapped up in their ridiculous, useless theater face diapers. The cloth type that finally the CDC admits do nothing. They never have done anything, and the CDC knows they don't. They know the N95s don't stop the virus, by the way, as well. So listen to this and tell me if you also get this this biological dis- <clears throat> I mean, I think you know what I'm saying. And I was wondering if y'all going to explain to me how the policy and procedures are for the um, the administrators to handle the situation. They're just staring at him. They're just staring at him. He's looking at him. No one's going to answer. <laughs> Does anybody have any answers how the how the process works? These people work for him. They won't even respond. They're staring at him. 
Mr. Dar, we, we typically don't go and, and have a back and forth here, but we're happy to take your comments by uh, email or appointment and, oh. and work with you on that. Yeah. That, I don't understand. So, uh, so where do you find the rules and regulations at? Where do the administrators from the school find the rules and regulations of what they're supposed to, um, like they have policies and procedures. Mr. Dar, I can, I can have someone work with you on that if you wanna step over to the side and they can what? go over where you can find all that. Board? So this I want the it, public to know. No, no, That's why I come here because I want the public so, to know. So, so I, we, we won't be answering you, but you can certainly keep asking. Well, I mean, I mean what, while you're staying, what, I want to know the, the school's definition of sexual assault because my daughter was told that she's standing right there that if it's above the clothes, it's not sexual assault. And that's the way the county does the kids here. It's, it's messed up. That's my daughter. And no one wants to do nothing about it. Suspend the boy for one day for improper touching, and I don't think that's right. So somebody needs to do something. Somebody needs to look in the matter and do something because there's more kids out there that y'all not doing nothing and letting stuff slide under. And the only person that's hurting is the kids. And I don't think it's right. Somebody needs to look into the matter and, and do what y'all need to do because it, and, and, and I like to have an investigation because, because I'm pretty sure if it happened to her, it's happened to plenty of children here. It's just, I, I feel rage. I'll talk about the proper way to respond to that. That school board guy. I just, man. And if I can really talk intelligently now. Woo! Um, Zach Abraham speaks intelligently. He is the chief investment officer of Bulwark Capital. You know Zach. He's a good, good friend of this program, a good godly man. I'm so, um, he was so helpful uh, in getting this program rolling. Uh, one day we'll tell the full story because it's actually, it's actually a pretty funny story and amazing and act of friendship. And I'm just so thankful. Um, he's at, at, at Bulwark as the CIO. He's asked all the time about his top concern for people's investments. I mean, this is wherever he goes. This is kind of the top question at all his workshops, et cetera. And he's been super consistent. He, look, guys, he's been telling us the same thing for six years. He's been talking about inflation. I mean, the direct quote from Zach to be accurate is inflation with all this money printing and still 100 or 0% interest rates. Inflation will very likely rise. And when inflation rises, bonds get crushed. He's been saying that for six years, super consistently. And there was a time that there was this 60-40 mix people would put into their portfolios with bonds as, as what you would consider the safe portion of your portfolio. And Zach says, if you're still doing that, you might be taking a huge risk with your retirement. So this is disconcerting. Um, and it has me concerned. And, and I'm glad that I know Zach. You can get yourself educated with Bulwark's bond replacement strategy. Bulwark teaches you all about it in a free booklet. It's called Common Sense Investing. Incidentally, you could read that and do this on your own. A lot of people. Some people are going to read it and not do it on their own. And, and in that case, they turn to Zach. So at Bulwark, their goal is to protect your portfolio against loss while still seeking to grow your assets. So just call my friend, Zach. Get your free copy of Common Sense Investing, 866-779-RISK. That's 866-779-RISK. Or go to knowyourriskradio.com. Investment advice cannot be given without a client services agreement. Bulwark Capital Management is an investment advisor representative of Trek Financial LLC and SEC registered investment advisor. The, the, when I watched that, the guy who grew up half redneck rises up because that, that guy is still there. And the guy who grew up half redneck where it, sometimes problems got solved at, at Chucky's house in fist fights. That was a real place, by the way, meet you at Chucky's house was a real thing. We'd say in junior high, meet you at Chucky's house. And Chucky had an enclosed backyard, no parents. So, so a bunch of fights happened over his house. And that was a big thing. If someone tougher than you said, I'll meet you at Chucky's house, that was going to be a bad day. Um, or the church. We would meet at the church across the street. That's the first time I realized that kids are crazy. There was a fight going on and an old man came down. Old man, what am I saying? He's probably younger than me now. Uh, a gentleman came down. He wanted the fight to stop. He was trying to break it up. And this was in, this was in, uh, 1982, 
and he he pulled out a little little twenty two pistol. This man, and I backed off. Like, wow, he's got a gun. Not that I hadn't seen guns before. I'd seen plenty, but not pointed at people. And behind him, like a couple of ninth graders had guns. This guy drew, I don't remember what kind of gun it was, but I remember it was not a 22, it was at least a 38. He drew one and so did another guy. I thought, wow, at my school, kids carry guns. In 82, they carried guns. Now, I mean, we didn't have a school shooting until 84. And it wasn't in the school, incidentally. It was a very sad case. So I, I look, I grew up in this environment. And I grew up in an environment where sometimes the problem got solved. Like I, you know, what's really embarrassing. I told my CrossFit coaches the other day and she said that she said, I actually don't know how to respond to that story. Um, I beat a guy up in the shower when we were both naked once naked, just naked. And he wouldn't. And there was a lot to this. There was a lot of backgrounds. Um, I tried every other way to get this straightened out. And, and, and what he was doing was unacceptable to some other kids and so I beat him up when we were naked. That's, and by the way, that's not, it's hard to be tough naked. It's just this. And I don't look back at that with pride and <laughs> tell my coach about it. She says, I don't know how to respond to that story. Okay, well, maybe the podcast audience will know. But that's how I grew up. And, and, and when I look at that cold bureaucrat saying this to this dad, the, 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 the part of me that still has a sin issue If I'm behind that podium, I, and I and it, I mean, I would be very tempted to say, I don't think I'm getting through to you. Maybe if we talked a little bit later, one-to-one, maybe I could help you draw a much more crisp understanding of my level of concern. Am I clear? Are you threatening me? No, I'm saying that if we went outside, I think that I could probably help you have a firm, complete understanding emphatically with great emphasis and clarity and permanence into how I feel and how much I hurt. So, yeah, (laughs) I'm so glad that I'm with the Lord that I would not do that. But, but, but this is the point to the podcast. There are people who know what they're doing and are separating kids and are traumatizing kids and are setting up these environments where it's no win, where if it's a celebrated group like the boy who wore the dress in the Virginia schools who got, now it's apparently not just two rapes. If you're part of a celebrated group, you are protected. You're with the party. You can do whatever you want to do. And if it's going to embarrass the party, you don't speak of it. But if it embarrasses Trump, if it embarrasses the enemy of the party, if it embarrasses the Catholic Church, you speak openly of it. You don't think that there's an endemic issue with parents, with teachers abusing kids in the schools? There is. It's never covered with the degree that the Catholic Church thing was covered. And the Catholic Church thing was horrible. My, my, my dearest Catholic friends, my brothers, recognize the horrible nature of what metastasized in the Catholic Church. I've talked to, I've talked to legitimate victims. I was on Russia's show once, God rest him. There was a, a, a massive discovery about sex abuse in one of the churches. And we took calls that day, guys, it was horrific. And this cold response, this cover up in the schools earlier, which gave the Republicans Virginia nothing they did. So this bureaucrat is a screw in the machine. This bureaucrat is responded in this incredibly cold manner. The proper response is know the man's name so it's not just sir. Mr. Westbrook, I can see that you are so angry. And sir, I'm a father as well. I wish that we could go into a dialogue up here, sir. And it's just, we, if we do that, we don't get everybody's comments. Sir, would you do me the favor of meeting with me afterwards 
so that we can talk about this. Would you, would you do us a favor? And maybe some of my members of the other members in the board would join. Would you guys join with the gentleman? And let's, let's, and by the way, I see your daughters here, young lady. I appreciate you speaking up. I, you're very brave. And, and you know what? Uh, can we just take a moment and just recognize that this is really hard on her and, and that she's our top concern. Can we do that all together here? Just with a major show of hands. I don't mean to embarrass you, hon. Thank you for um, sharing this. And sir, uh, I, I will stick around afterwards. Let's and have a private discussion. And then we can bring that back to the group. I really appreciate you. And I, I feel, uh, I feel great concern for this. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it. But no. But no. You can continue to ask us and we can continue to not answer. You see, this stuff is behaviorally drilled into people and modeled for people. I don't know that man's heart, the man, the the bureaucrat. I know his behavior. And maybe that's just a bad day. I don't think so because the patterns are there. Speaking of patterns, man, two email, so-called email service providers, ESPs. This this new thing called Campaign Manager. They canceled us without even sending an email. And something appeared to me. Oh, you guys, I cannot wait to share this with you. I cannot wait to share with you what the Apostle Paul reminded me of in my readings this morning. When I'm talking, I was... Oh, the Lord is so good. I've been talking about, keep in touch with us. Give us your email. That's the best way for us if we get canceled. Then we get canceled by two email service providers. Now, I still, still ask you to go to the ToddHermanShow.com and register because now we've got an email service provider that doesn't care what we think. They're just an email service provider. And... Because the more areas that we are connected, if you know, you've got the podcast subscription, you're connected with me on social media, unless they shut me down all at once in one day, we'll be able to keep in touch with you. But man, oh, the Lord came to me and said, bud, you still don't get it, do you? You're still turning to the world. So I'll get to that as we wrap up the show today of what the Apostle Paul taught me about email service providers. That's not, he, I know he didn't know about emails. God did. He didn't. Apostle Paul, I don't think he did. I know God did. So this behavior in the school board, that's modeled. He didn't come up with this this standoffish, cold aspect on his own. And this now goes to the next level. So we've gone from the the top level, the decision to separate kids and families, Melissa Harris-Perry. We have never invested as much in public education as we should have because we've always had kind of a private notion of children. Your kid is yours and totally your responsibility. We haven't had a very collective notion of these are our children. So part of it is we have to break through our kind of private idea that kids belong to their parents or kids belong to their families and recognize that kids belong to whole communities. Once it's everybody's responsibility and not just the households, then we start making better investments. Now, clearly we've invested continually more and more and more and more and more more, 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 more money into the government schools. So that's a lie. It always has been a lie. But she's one of the big, big, I was going to say swingers, but that doesn't sound right. One of the uh, intelligentsia, Melissa Harris Perry. So she's from the top. The pharma companies, media companies, tech, academia, deep state, they're all involved. Deep state less so, but they're all involved in separating the families. Deep state do, does it through sponsoring um, gender ideology and and um, the trans mafia, et cetera. They're in on that. But it's it's academia, tech, media, pharma who are really pushing the separation of families. And you get down to the functionaries. So the school board guy, he's a functionary. This has been modeled for him. Like you, you, you tell the parents to shut their holes. You act coldly. You act officiously. You act like you're the boss. You, you, you act like they, 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 you elect them. They don't elect you. You turn the tables on them. If they want to see the curriculum, you charge them money. You tell them, I don't have to show you what I teach. You tell them, you can't come and observe my teaching. That's sacrosanct. You don't get to know what I tell your kids to stay in the school. You don't get to know that I call your kid a different name and a different gender. You don't get to know that. That's my business. You don't get to come in here. Uh, we, we pay for the schools. They're called public schools. Don't bring in your right-wing wacko belief that because you pay for the schools. You go from functionaries, board member, to activists. 
This is the most Seattle thing you're ever going to hear about. This is a brilliant article. I, I, just a little aside, I marvel at people who can write this way. This is, to me, this is so much work to write it in such a succinct way. Just, in, it's a Luke Rosiak um, writing of the Daily Wire. And it's linked in the show notes. This is the most Seattle story you'll ever hear. Exclusive. Meet the Seattle school's woke indoctrinations are who married a child molester. <laughs> America's schools are following the footsteps of Seattle on a quest for racial equity. But Seattle's efforts have been marked by animus lies and worsening results. Listen to this. I was going to be the meme guy. I don't often read an article almost completely on my podcast, but when I do, it's very interesting. I'll try to make this quick. But this is such good writing. At the forefront of Seattle Public Schools initiative, this is the racial equity initiative, so I'm, I'm reading part of the article, uh, was Tracy Castro Gill, until recently as director of ethnic studies, who represented herself as a fierce Chicana who overcame homelessness and was willing to take on racism no matter what she or whom she had to battle, turning schools into vehicles for social change. Castro Gill, it turned out, was a perennially unhappy, toxic liar, one who misrepresented her background to the point that her own father compared her to Rachel Dolezal. Remember her? Rachel Dolezal, who pretended to be black. And in fact, that was in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. In fact, the late, great Rush Limbaugh, God rest him, had a great parody thing about Rachel Dolezal. I do black, Hispanic, and Asian, but no, wait. I do black and Hispanic, but not Asian. Mm, mm, mm. Don't even ask. Yeah, it was a double entendre. Rachel Dolezal, who was ultimately pushed out of her job for repeated misconduct. She married a convicted child molester and moved her young daughter in with him. Then her previous ex-husband told me she pressured her child who had serious mental impairments to become gender non-binary. In, in, now, this, in 19, June 1997, a 36-year-old child molester named Brian Gill was released from Washington State Prison after serving time for repeatedly abusing his eight-year-old cousin. Gill spent his days immersed in, computer game, in a computer game called Second Life. You guys remember Second Life? In Second Life, where players created idealized images of themselves and interact with others' false personas. There, he met a woman named Tracy who was 14 years his junior, <laughs> Tracy's avatar became the submissive to Brian's dominant in violent-tinged online sex games. In real life, Tracy Hammond was a classic California housewife, a stay-at-home mother of three whose husband provided for her. She and her husband, Ron, a handyman, had been high school sweethearts. One night at 3 a.m., Ron woke up and found her sitting in front of her computer entranced by the game. You're the only man who's ever earned my respect. He watched her type to Brian. Soon after, Tracy told Ron she was going to Vegas for the weekend with her girlfriend. Then that friend called Ron looking for her. By Monday, Ron had filed for divorce. Good move, Ron. Tracy wanted to take their four-year-old daughter and move to Seattle with Brian. The judge overseeing the custody barred the, girl, barred the girl's move and ordered that the minor have no contact with the sex offender. Tracy said she was going anyway. She would leave her daughter behind. Fast forward, she goes to Seattle. She gets a master's degree in education. She becomes a substitute teacher. She changes her name. She's no longer Tracy. She's no longer a former stay-at-home mom. She's no longer the, the, the daughter of a good home. She's a homeless, angry, former Chicana gang member. In Tracy's version of the world, white supremacy was omnipresent. The reason she was so angry all the time was our students are dying from violence because they're all dismissed regularly in their classroom. She had a new name, a colorful world of villains, and an explanation for a lifetime of unhappiness. My name is Tracy Castro Gill. I'm an ex, this is with an X. Ixcana, Chincona, and Piode. In this world, she was the hero. Teachers gravitated towards her as she laid out an inspiring story. And this goes on and on and on. And 93 grand per year. There was a case where a kid threatened to assault a teacher. And Tracy Castro Gill stepped in and demanded justice for the boy, not for the teacher. 93 grand a year. After multiple complaints against this lady, her supervisors gave her a glowing performance evaluation. 
calling her a strong moral compass who had a very successful year. In fact, she was named the regional teacher of the year for 2018 and 2019. No background with kids. A piece of paper that says she has a degree from a university that churns people like this out into the world. You go from the top, the Melissa Harris Perry's. You go, they want the family separated. So does pharma. They're doing it pharmacologically. They're doing it by demanding your kids get shot up. Then Texas, Texas. There's apparently a list of pediatricians who will not treat your dying child unless your dying child has been injected with the mRNA injections, which cannot help them. Pharma, media, constantly presenting parents as the enemy. Tech, constantly sending to your kids um, sexual propaganda, gender propaganda, academia, churning out people like this. And what happens when teachers stand up? What happens when good teachers stand up? They cannot be allowed to stand up. It's just incredible that a teacher who defends kids is washed out of the system. Just like cops who decide their only way to keep their badge or their pension is to go arrest nine-year-olds for not wearing woke masks. People have been telling me about rating the podcast and sending me notes and screenshots and what are the new things people are doing. This is so, uh, to me, this is funny. Maybe this isn't funny. Maybe just I find it amusing. In fact, you know what? This might be me seeking revenge. I need to think about this. Revenge is mine, saith the Lord. I need to think about this. But what people have been doing is when they rate the podcast highly and leave a nice note, they've been going to social media and they've been tweeting it to MailChimp uh, and to Campaign Manager. Just to let them know, hey, incidentally, just uh, found out about Todd's show because you you tried to cancel him. Good job. You taught me about the podcast, things like that. If you like the show and you share it with friends and you're helping to promote it, we just thank you so much. Um, and one of the things you can do if you haven't yet done it is rate the show however you think it's, you know, whatever you think it deserves. If it's five, four stars, be honest, leave some words. We do appreciate that. So let's review. From the top, pharma, media, tech, academia, deep state, driving to divide the family. Same actors, different stages. Let's go back down a level to the Melissa Harris Perry, the intelligentsia, digerati level. She wants families divided. Political actor, she is. Media personality dash political actor. Down a level. Let's go down to the bureaucrat who looks a father in the eye and says, uh, you can keep asking us and we're going to keep not telling you. So you get to your functionaries, your paper pushers, your apparatchiks. And again, I don't know that man's heart. So again, I'm completely open to that was a bad day. I'm completely open to that. I don't think so because I observe a pattern, but I'm open to it. Now we're down at the level of people like this Tracy fake name Gill person. Now let's go to a different aspect of this teachers who fight back. This is from Canada. This is the critic. Again, this is in the show notes. There were extraordinary scenes in a school board meeting in Ontario, Canada, early this week when a teacher was ejected for raising concerns about the content of certain books available in elementary school libraries. The item on the agenda for the recent day, um, recent decision by the board to cut to coal books, which were deemed harmful or misleading. Carolyn Bujowski, who'd been a teacher with the Waterloo uh, Region School District Board for more than 20 years, began a presentation by questioning the appropriateness of two books recently added to the board's diverse library. The first was Rick by Alex Gino, in which a young boy questions his sexuality because he doesn't think about naked girls. This leads him to identify as asexual. The next book was The Other Boy by M.G. Hennessy, in which a 12-year-old trans-identified female, eager to progress from her puberty blockers to testosterone, casually responds to the information that this will make her infertile with a dismissive, that's cool. Bajowski made the very reasonable point that this is typical adolescent response, which doesn't take into account the way this character will feel when they are an adult and living with infertility. That proved too much. For Scott Piotowski, the chair of the board, who immediately ended the presentation stating it was problematic without explaining why and in violation of the Ontario Human Rights Code. It was difficult to understand how he reached such a conclusion that a teacher raising thoughtful and genuine concerns about what she believes to be the misleading and potentially harmful content of library materials amounts to discrimination against this so-called transgender community. 
Now, not every trustee was in favor of Brzezinski's immediate removal, though. So there was a discussion ensued. And what happened always happens. She got attacked. She got doxxed. She got threatened. She has been had her career threatened, her family threatened, because these people understand that they are in the protected class, super protected. And where are people coming to her aid? Well, you have the critic, at least they're writing about it. But this is the party. This is the movement in all of the fronts. Let's go through it. You're a parent who doesn't want your kid shot up. We're going to call CPS. Uh, For that? And if they're not going to do that, we're going to let the kid do it on their own. Then we're going to con the kid. Here's a hundred bucks for pizza. If that's not enough, here's a hundred bucks. If that's not enough, we're going to separate you from your friends. We're going to say, oh, you can come to school, but you have to stand a hundred feet away with a face diaper on where everyone else gets to have, gets to have fun together. If that's not enough, we're going to make you get stuff shoved up your beak. You are going to take the knee to your party. We don't care what your parents say. You can do the same thing with the trans mafia. You can do the same thing with the trans ideology. You can do the same thing with CRT. What we talk about in the classroom stays in the classroom. Remember, don't tell your parents about our discussions across the board. You can go to YouTube, which bypasses parental software to send them content about this stuff. They don't care. You can go to, you can go to Netflix, which publishes kitty porn, soft kitty porn, albeit in the show Cuties. That stuff doesn't get tagged. You can go through it and through it and through it. And it's always the same. And when the good people stand, they are threatened and stepped on. Same thing happened in climate change. And here's the gift from God. He is showing you. See that over there? That's slavery to the world. See that over there? That's, guys, that's slavery. You want to say it in a, in a non-biblical sense? That's Gotham. You want to say it in a biblical sense? That's Babylon, guys. The longer you stay, the more money you fund Babylon. The longer you keep your kids in the government schools, the longer you are funding Babylon, the more you are exposing your kids to Babylon. The more silent we are, the longer we remain silent without bringing A, God's word to this, B, common sense, C, scientific rigor to this, the longer we stay silent, the more Babylon grows across the board. And it's always fascinating to watch how the desires of the party line up to the desires of the enemy. Always fascinating to watch. And when we don't watch our own hearts and we start to think we get tempted, this, this guys, I left live radio and a job I really enjoyed for the most part. For the most part, I loved it. I missed doing live radio. I wanted to change so I could put God at the center. I'm legitimately thinking about becoming an ordained pastor. I've mentioned that. And, and that's true. KTTH kindly mentioned that when they, they allowed me to have such a dignified exit. I, I, I'm trying to do everything I can to disappear myself and to have God be more in me. Ultimately, to be just a clay pot. I mean, I am a clay pot, but just to be that just fully. And, and with all that effort, I thought I had the email thing figured out and it's just come to me. Just this morning, I'm, I'm reading my book, Real Life Theology. And it comes with this statement from the Apostle Paul. And it just made all the sense in the world to me. And I sat back in my seat and I apologized to God. Because I once again failed. I once again started to believe that the world is the solution. In everything we've talked about today, it could seem like politics or or more government is the solution. It could seem like that because it's what government has been doing to us. What the party is doing to us. But it's not the solution. The solution is to see what God is revealing. 
That's Babylon. What has God called his people out of before? Well, Daniel and his friends had to stay in Babylon. The Hebrews did not have to stay in Egypt. They were able to leave with the help of God Almighty. The Hebrews, Jewish people, went through phases of kings. And and the worse the king and the more they turn from God, the worse for them. We are in that state now. Washington State, California, they're Babylon. Okay, it's slavery to dictators. God's revealed it. It's there in front of us. And here I was very arrogantly saying, guys, the email platforms. Now, again, (laughs) I do want to have... Make certain that we can communicate as many platforms as possible. My Twitter is at Todd E. Herman. The show's Twitter is at at the Todd E. Herman Show. At the Todd E. Herman Show. It's that on Gab. It's it's that on um, Getter. So we're all over the place with that stuff. But it's a Facebook page, etc. And it's great when you use those. Because unless they shut us down all in one day, then then, then there's many ways for us to get to you. But here's what the book reminded me. Apostle Paul talked about us being living letters to one another. You know, the world fashions idols. And and a dead carved idol, despite what, what people believed, You carve a piece of wood or even a piece of ivory. It cannot attain humanity. It cannot attain deity. It cannot be deified. It cannot solve problems. It cannot feel. It cannot be animated. We are not idols. We were not carved. We were made. The life... Air breathed into us was God, God's own breath. So we're not idols to one another. We're living letters. We're like a letter from God. That the word was with God and the word was God. And the word came to be with us and among us. I'm paraphrasing. And here's the Apostle Paul talking about us being living letters to one another. Living letters of support. Living letters of affirmation. To keep each other in check. I have never had a Christian community of men before. Not like this. To have a brother say to me, I've never had a brother say this to me. Hey, how's your thought life? What? Your thought life? How's your thought life? Wow, you're inviting me to talk about my thought life. Mm -hmm. How is it? Is it godly? Living letters. I shared something with one of our church leaders. A hole in me. About my mistakes as a father. And the harm I felt that may have rendered onto my my daughter. And my brother said to me, you know what? To my knowledge, God doesn't punish kids for parental mistakes. That doesn't sound like the God I worship. And incidentally, when you run into the perfect parent, I, I wish you'd introduce me to him. And then he said the most remarkable thing to me. He goes, I'm really proud of you. I'm so proud that you shared that with me. And he hugged me. He was a living letter. Guys, you know what the ultimate divorce that the party wants to achieve is, right? I don't even think they know this. Well, maybe they do. It's not uncommon for Silicon Valley executives to not let their kids have smartphones or tablets. And if they do, to keep them in a room 
that they get to access for an hour and then can't access anymore. And then it's real world stuff, books, pianos, learning crafts, studying, being with people. The multiverse, the alternate reality. Remember we talked about second life? The ability to be whoever you want to be. Unencumbered by human form. A perfect body. Perfect smile. Money. Perfect apartment. Live your best life now. Digitally. Because real life is painful. Why leave your house? This can sound so utterly dramatic. But look at phone addiction after the medically useless, politically activated, great reset oriented lockdown. I'm not pointing fingers, by the way. I have work to do on my side as a father. Lots of it. So the multiverse. I believe that's worse than Babylon. The party is busily creating an inverse Christian faith. In every aspect, we've been through it. Don't love thy neighbor, hate thy neighbor. You weren't made in the image of God. You're made in the image of Big Pharma. Sexual union for reproduction? No. Go to the tree of knowledge. Start having sex with multiple people at the age of 11. You can be reborn. Just dead name yourself. Kill the boy. Be reborn a girl. You've been resurrected. Born again. Inverse. The multiverse. A glorified body. No physical pain. Want of nothing. You could invent your own parents in the multiverse. Or we could be living letters to one another. So my arrogance the email platform, no, the church. Our Christian brothers and sisters holding each other to account, being the living letters of Christ. Our little Christ to the ultimate, of course, Lord Jesus, the Christ. That's the way we keep in touch with each other. Now, the podcast is a podcast. God's going to take care of that. We can't all get together in one room. God's granted us too big of a group together. I mean, eventually we could get together, I guess, in one city, in one big stadium. But right now, today, upon hearing the podcast rap, you can turn off the device You can gather with the smallest unit, the family. You can create a plan for multiple families. You can enter the larger body of Christ in a church environment. And it can be living letters. Zuck can't stop that. Dorsey's hate machine can't stop that. MailChimp can't stop that. The multiverse will attempt to compete with it. The only way it wins is if we let it win. And wouldn't that be the ultimate divorce of parents and children? You know, it's so fun when you do a podcast like this. 
I had no idea how this was going to wrap. <sighs> I really didn't. God said, hey, you going to talk about that thing I showed you this morning? <laughs> or is your plan a better one? Uh, this is the Todd Herman Show. Go be well, be strong, be kind, and of course, be right with God. Cartels are exploiting Indian reservations to get into America, and our federal government can't be bothered to stop it. Hey, y'all, it's Sarah Carter from The Sarah Carter Show. I just got back from two trips to our southern border, and I want to take you inside a huge hotspot where thousands of migrants are coming into America every day. I was with a member of the National Border Patrol Council when the Border Patrol nabbed multiple illegal migrants who are breaking U.S. law, and I have the exclusive audio. For all this and more, subscribe to The Sarah Carter Show on your favorite podcast app. The Supreme Court rejects 14th Amendment arguments for kicking Trump off the ballot. The Biden administration admits secretly flying 320,000 illegals into the country last year, and some unhinged never-Trumpers want to ruin the lives of people seeking a no-labels third-party candidate. I'm Greg Columbus. Join Jim Garrity of National Review and me each weekday for the Three Martini Lunch podcast. We'll give you the good, bad, and crazy news of the day, and hopefully a lot of laughs, too. Follow the Three Martini Lunch on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.